Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the distinctives of cynic philosophy as an intentional way of living or a philosophy as a way of life is what we can call begging. The cynics carried a minimal amount of possessions and went around asking people for things. It could have been for money. There's a lot of mentions of money in the cynic epistles that are attributed, probably falsely, to Crates, but which are reflective of the cynic mindset and philosophy. And so we see a lot of discussions about who should you beg from? How should you beg? Are you owed anything? How should we think about these sorts of matters? And this is quite interesting because, you know, this is so central to not just the philosophy as a set of practices, but you could call it the material basis for keeping that philosophy and indeed the philosophers alive. And so there's a number of discussions, and I think one of the places that we should start is by looking at several letters that are attributed to Crates that are being addressed to the Athenian people. And there's actually a very interesting one just preceding this where he talks about how they don't use their money very well. They run through it and they, you know, should sell some of their horses and pretend that their asses are horses. So he's talking to the Athenian people. Why to the Athenian people? Well, this is where you're going to find quite a few people practicing cynic philosophy, right? It's one of the main schools that we see. And so he tells the Athenians, don't be amazed if Diogenes saying that that all things belong to the wise man approached you and did not ask for something, but demanded back what was due him. So this is part of the argument for why it's okay for cynics to engage in begging. They're not really asking other people for their stuff that just totally belongs to those other people. They're asking for something that in a way is like common goods or common property. And so there's going to be an argument made here with several ideas as premises. He says, you're not amazed that all things belong to God. Theos, all things are literally of God. And then he says, on the contrary, you admit, even if someone appears to you in a dream and orders you to sacrifice, you would sacrifice to him. So if you've got some sort of indication that the God wants something back, well, you'll give it to him. And we, we see this also in, you know, the other letter in, in 27, all things belong to God, right, as well. So he says that when Helios begs from you, you don't actually say that, but you say he demands back what belongs to him. Having said all things belong to God, you're not vexed when he demands something of you. So you're cool with that, right? You also, he says, have another thing that you say, that all things things are common to friends, to people who, you know, care for each other, right? Who are in good relationships with each other. So all things belong to God. Friends have all things in common. So the conclusion here is that 
all things actually belong to the wise person. And I should mention here, there are a little bit of vocabulary. So throughout these letters and their English translation, we see references to the wise, but the Greek term is actually to spudayu, not the sophos, not the wise person, the sage, but rather you could translate spudayu very literally as the serious person, but also as the morally upright person, the decent person. Could we view this as the wise? Well, it would certainly be a class that would include what we traditionally call wise people, the, the virtuous, right? Those who possess practical wisdom or even wisdom of other greater things. But in a way, it's less of a bar to reach, you could say at least in the way that it's, it's used typically. So he says that all things, you know, we should say belong to the wise. And he goes on a little bit further and he says, only the wise person is a friend of God. And so, you know, when the wise person is asking, then you shouldn't get upset or raise a stink about it. The Greek term there is actually halapainim, which means to be difficult about it. You should just give to them. He's talking again to non-philosophers to the Athenian people. Don't get upset when this person comes along and asks you for something. Apaitin, right? They are begging. They are asking. They are giving you some sort of reason to give something to them. And so in 26, he reiterates this. Heed the argument and do not be angry. Again, halapainete. When you're asked for three obols by a wise person, you're giving back not what is yours, but what is actually theirs, what it is that they deserve. So that's something that's being said to non-philosophers about how philosophers ought to be treated, or at least cynic philosophers. And then in letter 17, we have this very funny analogy that is being developed and Diogenes is being talked about again. Doctors have written about one condition of the bowels or the guts, which they say causes indigestion. So we've got an analogy that's going to be happening here. Diogenes has written about another, which he says causes hunger. What is that one that causes hunger? Poverty right? So he's saying it's okay for going around asking people who have medical knowledge or medical equipment, or in this case, pills or other remedies. It's fine to ask them for things. It's not disgraceful to ask doctors for medicine, but it is considered so for the latter condition, being poor and being hungry. And so he says, for this reason, despise those who say such base and disreputable things and beg bread as well as pills. It's not begging that is base. It's not begging or asking that is shameful, eischron, but rather, as he says, showing yourself unworthy of what it is that is given. And the word for unworthy there is meaxion, right? Axios means having a certain kind of value. So you're asking the doctor for remedies. Why are you asking the doctor for remedies? Well, because you're a glutton, you eat too much, right? He says, it's characteristic of unscrupulous men to beg on account of indigestion rather than hunger. Why? Because indigestion is caused by gluttony, gastromargion, that's the actual word for gluttony, which is caused or results from wickedness, parakakias, but hunger is caused by a lack of resources, aporion, which we can translate as poverty or just being without what you need. And so in a certain way, you're actually 
less shameful asking for food or for money for food than you are asking for remedies for eating too much and being a, a gourmand, right? There are also some interesting discussions here, some advice, which doesn't all completely add up about who cynics should beg from and accept things from. And so we have three different letters that are actually addressing this. He tells us in letter number two, do not beg the necessity necessities of life from everyone. Don't accept from everyone what is given to you. Why? Because it's not right. It's not just, it's not in accordance with uh, divine justice that virtue should be supported by vice or more literally nourished, right? To take care of in bodily ways to attend to. So who should you take from then? He says, well, then you should beg only only from those people and accept gifts only from those people who have been initiated into philosophy. And he uses the word philosophia right there in a broad sense, not meaning that people who've taken a class in philosophy, but people who are living a, you know, a decent, thoughtful, intentional way of organizing their life, right? So go to those people and ask them for stuff. And he says, then it will be possible for you to demand back what belongs to you. Again, Again, we see this idea of when you're begging, you're not really asking somebody to put themselves out and give you something that you have no right to, you're not worthy of at all. You're asking for something back from them. And he says, you won't appear to be begging for what is belonging to or what derives from another, ta alotria, uh, that which belongs to another person. So that's an interesting idea. A little bit later on in letter 22, which is a little bit further developing this, he's talking to Metricles, one of his students, the brother of Hipparchia, the woman that he's actually married to. We don't know if that's supposed to be the case at this time. So he says, don't beg from everybody, but only from the worthy, tus axios. And again, we see this notion of worthiness or value, right? But how far does this extend? Well, when we look at the further clarifications, maybe you don't have to be that worthy to be begged from. He says, don't take the same amount from everyone except a triobal, that's a small amount, from the prudent, paraton sofrono, those who have sofrosinis, those who can run their affairs, right? And prudent here, maybe we should translate this as temperate, those who can keep their appetites in check, right? So just accept a small bit from them, but amina from spendthrifts. Now amina is a large amount of money. So why would you, if you're supposed to take only from those who are worthy, why would you take a huge amount of money from one person and just a little bit from somebody who's better than them? Well, there's a very practical reason that's given here. You cannot receive anything from them as you can from the prudent again right? Because they squander their money recklessly. So if they want to give you a big payout, 
take it because it's probably not going to happen again. We could probably say this about other people as well. Those who are going to give you, you know, a large amount of money, but they're not really good people. They're just doing it maybe out of a sense of guilt or because they had a windfall or something like that. You're probably not going to see them doing that a second time. So you may as well take it. It doesn't say what you're going to do with the money. Maybe the assumption is that you as the cynic, you know, you don't actually carry around a bank or anything. Maybe you would spread it around the community as well. Finally, in letter 36, we get another discussion about who we ought to be taking money from. And he says, Diogenes declared that not only should those who beg for silver have the cynic fitness to be a beggar, to go out and ask people for that, but on the other side, those two who give should have, he says, the compassion of the wise person. Now, this is, again, very interesting. We're seeing the spudaios here. So the wise is an okay translation, decent people, people who are devoted to virtue, but don't necessarily have it yet, right? But this is a very interesting thing to say. The wise person feels compassion. They're motivated by that. The Greek word here is eleiktikon, and that means motivated by compassion or pity is another way of translating it, eleos in Greek. So he says, since you know this, don't approach and beg from everyone. You won't receive anything from them, but beg only from the wise person. We can say that this person and none of the others is actually called happy. There's eudaimonia or eudaimona for them where there isn't for others. So they're more likely to, because they are actually happy, living a good life, a good life from a philosophical point of view, they're going to be more generous with their money because they realize that the money isn't really that important and that it should be shared with other people. So we're getting a bit of is it contradictory advice? Possibly. There's certainly a tension there. There's something that's being developed about who you should, in fact, take things from, what spirit you should be begging in, who you're likely to get things from. And so this is uh, some very interesting information here that is being provided sort of after the fact. We don't think that these letters are actually by Crates, but they are reflective of the cynic tradition and the mindset behind it. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.